<laughs> okay. Right, there you go, mate. The stage is yours. Let's just go back. And we will go. So topic for today is how hard should we train? Um, and then we're going to tag alongside this, uh, like rest times in between sets as well. Um, so kind of the aim of any workout or program is to simply kind of progress with either technique, load or volume. So kind of looking at all that, the kind of simple way to put it um, is that you should be basically training harder than you did at the start, at the start of the program last week. We're just looking to kind of improve and get a little bit better um, each week or be a better kind of version of yourself. Um, now, there's kind of a big debate in the fitness influencers or kind of fitness space at the moment um, with kind of it's kind of people are going along two trains of thought. So they either think let's train with intensity or let's train with very high load or weight, or you have kind of the opposite end of the scale um, where people are like, don't need to train with high intensity. It's all about how many sets you get in to the muscle group that you're training. Um, as always, it's kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, you need to kind of train with enough intensity or with enough load to get better, but you don't want to train with too much because what's going to happen, your body can't recover and that's going to impact your next session. Um, so like I said, it's always kind of in the middle, but it's going to depend on a few factors. So you kind of look here, it's going to depend on the person. It's going to depend on the exercise you're doing. Um, and it's also going to depend on your goals. So let's kind of go through that list and see why that kind of matters. So what you get from people, are uh, there's normally two types of people that you have. You're going to have the um, classic gym bro, I would call them, um, where they're going to go into the gym, they're going to ego lift, and they're going to go, right, I'm going to train as heavy as possible um, and just kind of with poor technique, um, just so they can kind of maximize what they're doing. Now, the reasons why you don't want to ego lift or be a gym bro is that, yes, you're lifting enough weight for your body to improve, but because you're putting your body under so much strain and stress, you're then not giving your body enough time to recover. The analogy is you're digging yourself a deeper hole, um, so then next time when you come into the gym and you want to train, you're not going to be able to train as hard because your body's still recovering, um, which is why then, so which is why then people just spin their wheels and constantly training too hard um, will have kind of, it's not kind of the best way to train because like I said, recovery is a massive part of it. The second type of person you have um, are the people who don't push themselves hard enough and then they don't give themselves enough rest in between their sessions or in between like their exercises. And what that pure, pure, uh, purely means is that they're only training at 50%. If you're not pushing yourself hard enough um, and then you aren't giving your body enough time, you can't give your best quality version of yourself to every single rep, every single set. Um, and like I said, you're just not gonna be training hard enough for your body to change. Um, again, they're just gonna be spinning their wheels. So 
The next thing you have to think about with the people, uh, what is their training experience? Um, what you normally find that for beginners, they need to kind of start off with purely just nailing their technique and just progressing little, little by little each session. So for instance, we say a rep or 2.5 kilos or 1.5 kilos. Like you just want small little progressions week to week. Now, when you get a bit more kind of experienced, um, you're going to get to that intermediate stage. Um, and it's actually quite simple. People love to overcomplicate it. But all you need to do as you kind of get older um, and more experienced is you just need to increase the load and the intensity. I mean, all the load and the volume. So like I said, by purely adding more each week, you're going to be adding more load uh, or more intensity, sorry. Um, but when you get to that intermediate stage, your body's recovering enough from those sets. So you need to kind of give your body more of a stimulus to kind of grow, recover. So you add more sets. And lastly, when you get to kind of that advanced stage, um, that's when you start to see kind of these more intensity techniques where people are training more towards kind of failure. Um, but like I said, even I, me now, I wouldn't go towards failure um, because quite simply, you don't need to. You get just as much out of training, um, tra leaving like one or two reps in the tank as you would go and max out. And like I said, the only thing going max out, the disadvantage is the fact that you're gonna then mean your body has to take longer to recover. So the next thing it depends on is the exercise. So a compound movement is gonna be using a lot of muscles, a lot of joints. Um, and so it's gonna take a lot longer for your body to recover if you're trying to train maximally with compound lifts. It's also very uh, stressful to your central nervous system, very stressful for the muscles. And like I said, it's not a great way to train. However, isometric exercises or single joint exercises, for example, like a bicep curl or a lateral raise, you're only training kind of individual muscles. So you can afford to train that more maximally, um, train it with a lot more intensity because it's not going to take as long to recover than if you were to do like a 200 kilo deadlift. Um, there's not as many muscles involved, not as many joints involved. And so it's not going to take as long to recover from a lateral raise than it would from a deadlift. So like I said, that's a big thing to do with it as well. You've also then got to think free weights versus machine weights. Again, it's a similar thing. Whereas free weights, you're trying to stabilize and you're using a lot more kind of musculature to lift that weight. So of course you can't take it to those kind of fail to failure um, because you're going to be destroying more muscle, which of course means then it's going to be long to recover. Whereas a machine, because you're kind of locked into that same plane of motion, you can, you can afford to push the exercises a bit more. The other thing with the machines um, is that it's harder to push past technical failure um, because it's a machine and you're along one plane of motion. You can't really start to cheat and uh, do all these kind of weird movements. So the next thing it depends on is your goal. If you're a power lifter, you're trying to kind of uh, lift as much weight as possible. 
Um, and so, yes, training towards failure for someone like a powerlifter is probably more useful than the general population person. The general population person, um, all you're going to be doing by training uh, more towards failure is putting your body under more stress. It means then also you're going to be training um, with a higher injury risk, uh, which is kind of the biggest thing um, that you don't want to do. Um, it's that thing of you don't want to ruin the past six weeks of progression by literally pushing one rep too far. And like I said, going to failure there just isn't that useful if you're just trying to be fit and healthy. Um, you just don't need it. I think the other misconception there um, that people have that they think that by adding more weight, that that's instantly going to mean that you have more muscle and it doesn't work like that. All you're doing is getting stronger. Um, what you need to do to add muscle is be consistent and progress with your training, not by a lot, just a little bit each week. Um, and I think the massive thing people underrate is that actually when you go into the gym, you're getting weaker. Um, you're destroying your muscles. Like you're getting weaker by lifting these weights. And the biggest thing there is actually recovery, making sure kind of you're on your protein, you're on your calories. Uh, what we saying, sorry? Just check it. Do you have a question, sorry? Uh, it's, all, it's all good. Um, someone was trying to get in, but they're going to watch it on reply. Don't worry. Uh, no worries. I will continue on then. And then I think the next thing as well, so not only is it your goals, like, as I said, where do you want to go? Do you need to be putting your body under this strain if you're not trying to move as much weight as possible? The answer is you don't need to. The next thing you need to consider with your goals is what phase of training are you on? If you're on week number one, of your training do you need to be going maximally no your body isn't going to be prepared for that weight so don't train maximally if you're in the first week of your kind of uh, training block and the other thing you've got to know there is most i'd say 95 percent of the clients that we have are on a diet phase um, and that purely means that your body is not going to be able to recover as much because you're not feeding or giving your body enough nutrients to recover optimally. So if that's the case, again, back it off. We don't need to kind of train with that full intensity. So how does this kind of all apply for our workouts? Um, so what you want to think about when you're finished a session or doing a session are two things. So I would say post a session, you want to feel a little bit fatigued, not massively, just a little bit fatigued. Feel like you've got a muscle pump on. So basically a pump is where blood fills up the muscle um, and it kind of feels like uh, your skin is being stretched. That's how I kind of would put a pump. Um, and then lastly, you want a little bit of DOMS. Not a lot, just a little bit. DOMS is delayed onset muscle soreness. Um, all this means is that you've stressed your muscles that little bit or just enough so it can recover. Um, what you don't want to feel like is that you can't walk or stand or sit on the toilet um, after you've done a session. You just want a little bit, a little stress to the body so that then it can recover and you can hit it again. So those are kind of the signs what you need to look for 
when you've come out of the gym or post kind of workout. During the workout, um, what you can do is there's kind of been a lot of, uh, it's talked about a lot um, in the training kind of fitness influencers or training science is something called RPE. Now, RPE is basically where you're putting a number or a quantifiable kind of um, source to what you're lifting in the gym. So it's quite simple, quite easy. Um, rate of perceived exertion um, is what RPE stands for. Um, and you can see here on the left-hand side, there's a scale for it. So if you rate it out of one to 10, if you rate it a 10, you could not do any more reps or any more load. And 9.5, you could do more reps. Um, uh, you couldn't do more reps, but you could do a little bit more road, uh, load and so on and so on. Basically, all this is doing is just putting a number next to kind of um, how hard you're training. So instead of just going, oh, I think I was a little bit heavier. I think I tried a little bit more. RPE just allows you to kind of put a quantifiable number next to that. Um, so there you're kind of looking, or should I say, uh, we're kind of looking there, um, what kind of science says behind this. Now, what a lot of science says is that you need to be training anywhere from five to 10 on the RPE scale. Now, what we talked about before was like compound movements. Uh, so what you would look for there is, like I said, because they're heavier movements with more muscles being used, you would kind of use uh, a five to a nine on the RPE scale. So again, not going near failure. However, with the isolation exercises or the single joint exercises, such as a bicep curl or a lateral raise, you would go more towards kind of uh, seven to 10. Uh, again, depends on the exercise, depends on what stage um, of uh, like what stage of the program you're in, depends on what kind of stage of your training experiences as well. So I think also on that, um, we then can look at rest times. So what you have here is a lot of kind of old school thoughts. Um, and it's that classic probably quite a few of you have seen that already, um, where they say it's one minute for hypertrophy, it's uh, three to five minutes for your strength training, and then it's 30 seconds um, for your muscular endurance. Now, actually what they found um, by doing kind of lots of studies and lots of tests um, is that actually that's a really old kind of classic way of thinking about it. And what you actually want to think about is what is the actual function of a rest? It is to make sure that you're recovered, um, but also you've got to make sure that you time manage and that you're not just waiting 10 minutes in between kind of every single set. So on the recovery point is that you want to give every single set and every single rep the best quality possible in order to get the best results possible. So you wouldn't just do kind of a back squat um, for, I don't know, something ridiculous weight and then expect 30 seconds later to do the same. Your body's just not gonna be recovered 
it's not going to, you're not going to be able to give the same quality again. Um, and that's going to make the big difference between kind of getting the results you want and not. So recovery, um, but what most people say is that for compounds, like we said before, it's more stressful. Um, you're using more muscles. You're going to be more fatigued from it because it's a heavier weight. Take longer to rest anywhere between three to five minutes kind of for that rest. Um, isolation exercises, as we said before, dumbbell curls, lateral raises, you're not going to be using as much muscle. And so you don't need to rest as long uh, in order to get the same quality from it. Um, so for isolations, anywhere between 90 seconds to two minutes. Um, this way, you can also manage your time within the session so you can still get in your compounds, your isolation exercises. You can fit that all into kind of an hour and a half rather than taking five minutes between every single set and every single exercise. And you're in the gym then for two plus hours. Um, so what you've got to think about with your rest times is quality and making sure that every rep, every set counts. So give your body enough time to rest um, and then some kind of like takeaway thoughts from this all. So with intensity, uh, start light and aim to progress kind of over the course of your training program. You need to train hard enough to make gains, but not hard enough to recover. And like we said there, that if you want to quantify it with numbers is somewhere between kind of uh, five to nine, if you're doing a compound movement, anywhere between uh, seven to 10, if you're doing an isolation movement. And I think kind of the most important thing with rest is rest long enough so that you give every single rep and set the best quality possible. So practically kind of how do you do this? You, like we said before, you want to start nice and light. Give your body time to adapt to kind of these weight and these loads. Monitor how you feel during the session with RPE. Uh, so a good way to monitor RPE is to do a little test. So next time maybe you're in the gym, when you're doing an isolation movement, is go, right, I'm going to estimate when I think I have two left uh, two reps left in the tank. And all I'm going to do is when I think I have two le uh, reps left, I'm going to go two reps. Say it out loud so everyone can hear. That way then, when you attempt the next two reps, you can tell if you had two reps left in the tank or if you had one rep or if you had three reps. I would kind of do this every, at the end of, towards the end of kind of training blocks um, so that you can monitor um, how good your kind of estimation is with RPE. And like I said, also monitor kind of how you feel post-workouts. Do you have that slight pump? Do you have slight DOMS? Um, if you don't have this kind of little bit of fatigue, is it because you're not resting enough? Is it because you're not training hard enough? Um, is it because your body is recovering enough that you can start to add more sets? And like I said, it's one of those things where it's very individualized for each person, which is why you need to always be given this feedback to like your coach and so forth of how does it feel? Um, what's it feel like after the session, during the session, post the session? 
And then, like we said, rest times, the big kind of summing up point there is isolation, 90 seconds to two minutes. Uh, rest, if you're doing a compound movement, is anywhere between three to five minutes so that you can give every single set, every single rep, the best quality um, that you can give. And I think kind of the main or biggest point that I really kind of want to drum into people is what we kind of said at the start of just simply turning up to the gym with that mindset of getting a little bit better each week and training that little bit harder, whether it's technique wise or putting a little bit load on the bar. Um, and I think kind of if people do those few things, it will help you out massively kind of going forward. Um, but if anyone has any questions on any of that, feel free to kind of uh, speak up now and uh, pick holes in what I've said. My one thing from that would be a, remember a little famous phrase that we got told? Uh, what well, one rep won't make you, but it will break you. Absolutely. And I think this is a, fi a fine line and something you definitely learn. Um, and it's just remembering to train within yourself. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, we all want to absolutely send it sometimes um, and just see what's in the tank and go for it. But it's picking your battles to do that and the movements that you are going to do that on. Okay, to going and doing that on a squat or a deadlift is probably not going to be most optimal for your long term gains. Let's think about when we pick, pick your battles, basically. Okay, um, uh, you've got to remember your training age, your experience, like what your goals are. Do you really need? to be doing that? Are you trying to be a powerlifter? Are you trying to lift as much weight? If the answer is no, is you'd be better off taking that more cautious route and going, right, I'm gonna make sure that my body's in a good place so I can train for the next 20, 30 years of my life. You'll see way more gains or look way better if you kind of take that approach. Absolutely. Well, guys, anybody watching that back on the recording, um, please just make sure you drop us a message, let you know if there's any valuable takeaways or anything like that. Thank you very much, Johnny. This is super, super useful for people. And I think it's definitely something that people do not speak about or think about when it comes to their training. Um, it's funny, like you said, we definitely have, um, I agree with some of it. Some of my views and training are definitely different, um, but that's the joy of coaching. And the beauty of all of this is there's different take points on everything. Um, and there's a place for absolutely everything. And definitely, I think at the end of the day, it's just trial and error for different people, seeing what you like, what you react to um, and go, going balls out with that, that that works for you. Okay. So guys, hope that was useful. Any questions? It's all very individualized for each person. Um, and I think people have got to remember that is what will work for one person might not work for another um which is why it's something like you've just got to stay on top of and really find out what works well for you because there's probably about 10 different ways um to get to the same kind of the fight the same answer um and it doesn't mean any one of those ways wrong it just means they're different but they're going to work for different people absolutely boom we will wrap it up guys hope everyone is probably outside enjoying the sun Jonathan and Johnny, you're both legends. Absolutely appreciate it, guys. Have an awesome, awesome couple of days. And next week, we have a big one. We have Kieran coming on to do the identity webinar. If you were going to make one webinar this week, 
please, 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 please make sure you make this one. I think every single one that Kieran has done for us so far, everyone has been absolutely mind blown. And pretty much every single one of you have signed up with us because you want to get sustainable results. We do not want to be having the same conversation in six months, nine months, 12 months time saying I am back to square one. And what we're going to be talking about with Kieran is going to be teaching us how to upgrade our identity to become the best version of ourselves because if we do not adopt the habits the behaviors the beliefs of the person we are trying to become you will always go back to square one okay um this is something that you can always work on and it's super super powerful but it's also something very very different to what a lot of you would have spoken about or kind of even looked at before but this really really is the secret to long-term sustainable results okay so pencil it out it's going to be next wednesday um because i cannot do thursday um also kieran doesn't work a thursday evening don't know who he thinks he is um <laughs> i'm going to tell him that one on the call as well but guys have a good one and i'll speak to you soon okay